I was not pushing myself in any way to make a specific number, but the more I read, the more I read. That's really hard to kind of quantify, but I think it's true of any hobby. The more you crochet, the more you crochet. The more you bake, the more you bake. These are things they just sort of start to compound over time. It's both as you gain proficiency and gain efficiency in your habits and hobbies, but it's also about the willingness and the barriers becoming less and less the more you do something. Welcome to Medium Lady Talks. I'm your host, Erin Vandeven. I'm a millennial and mother trying to build the place in the world that's made for me while fighting burnout, living intentionally, and embracing gratitude, even when I'm grumpy. Here on Medium Lady Talks, we visit the topics and practical tips that will help you maximize self-discovery and minimize self-judgment so you can finally get momentum building the life you know is possible in this post-pandemic world. On this podcast, you can expect we'll get deep while having fun, and whether you're burnt out like a dog in a dumpster fire or celebrating your best life daily, you'll find the conversations, prompts, and tools I know will be helpful on your own personal healing journey. So stay tuned for my deep dive solo shows and interview episodes with dear friends and expert guests. Together, we'll make sure you have what you need to build the place in the world that's made for you. I'm so glad you're here. So let's jump in. Hello, hi, and welcome to Medium Lady Talks. I'm your host, Erin, and this is episode 95. It's going to be the final episode of the podcast for 2023. I can hardly believe we've reached the end of another amazing season. We had so many good episodes this year. I'm really, really proud because it was a perfect balance of both interviews with expert guests, uh, me connecting to myself with you through solo episodes, a lot of fun along the way. We had Nick back for another episode. We had a lot of book content transitioning to the new Medium Lady Reads podcast. Oh, just like all of my dreams came true for this season, and I'm so excited, but I'm also ready to wrap it up, ready to wrap the season, celebrate it, and just, you know, take some time to rest, take some time to let the ideas for season four permeate and germinate and be ready to grow. So I really was proud of landing on, you know, the real heart of Medium Lady Talks this year, which is to help you and to help me um, recover from burnout as a millennial sort of navigating life in a post-pandemic world, as a parent, um, as a working mom. I've been sharing a lot about gratitude uh, on social media. We had an awesome 21-day series. We're going to have a new 21-day series for January. We're going to wrap it up today exploring the final five things that I'm grateful for in 2023. And this is going to be a fun, lighthearted episode. I want you to take the time as I share what I'm grateful for to also, you know, sort of think about the things that you're grateful for And there'll probably be some like prompts and questions along the way, because you know me, uh, it's not a medium lady talks episode if there's not a few prompts, if there's not a little bit of an encouragement for you to sort of take the episode and make it your own. But without further ado, uh, let's dive in. The first thing on my list (laughs) is a return to something that I think I was really good at maybe like five to seven years ago, but I'd come away from, which was my skincare. My skincare routine had kind of faltered 
probably two or so years ago, it had just kind of gotten to a point where I really wasn't putting a lot of attention into my skincare, mostly just focused on cleansing, mostly just focused on like getting all that makeup off at the end of the day, slapping on a really heavy duty moisturizer and then calling it. But since turning 40, I have really started to pay more attention to my skin and also diving into like how much there is to learn about skin and skincare. Improving my skincare routine is one of this, the things that like in 2023, I'm like, yeah, I really realized that I had a return to that um, in 2023. And that feels really good. I like learning about ingredients. I like learning about products. I like thinking about it as a routine. So it's not just, you know, oh, I'm grateful for skincare. And I have noticed a difference in my skin, although I haven't noticed a massive difference in my skin, but I recognize as well that like skincare is a long game. But it's also about that routine. So I'm really, really grateful for the routine, the routine in the morning of starting my day, taking care of myself, the routine in the evening of ending my day, taking care of myself. And I know we see people do this on social media. They're like, here's my 10 step wind down routine. And it's very aesthetic and it's set to music. And that's appealing. The idea of like gliding through a routine without friction in a way that's going to make you look as beautiful as the creator who put the content up. That's all really, really appealing. But that's appealing from a state of saying like, oh, I'm not as good as that person and I need to adapt this routine in order to become like them. This instead is the gratitude of a routine that brings me joy. It makes me feel rejuvenated. It's never going to be the kind of routine that looks good on a reel or that, you know, really is set to music. Listen, usually I wrap up my day, I pop my earbuds in, I probably put some YouTube on and I just start my routine. I start with a balm cleanser and then I have a gentle gel cleanser because I do like to double cleanse. I, I wear a fair bit of makeup every day and I like to just take that all off. And I've invested in a little bit more of an understanding about ingredients, started a retinol, and have been using some more serums, and just enjoying, you know, the feel of the glass bottle in my hand, the sensations of my fingers rubbing it on my face, you know, really making it a mindful practice that allows me to feel rejuvenated. And also gets me kind of feeling like I'm having fun because there are some skincare products that I really, really like. There are some things that make me think like, hmm, would I buy this again? What would I get next time? And it's just this moment where the day kind of falls away. The routine of taking care of my skin keeps me in the present moment. And so that's why I'm grateful for the opportunity to improve my skincare routine um, this year. And especially, I think, after turning 40, it does feel like, you know, a really uh, reasonable investment. <laughs> in my life. So that's the first thing. I'm grateful for improving my skincare routine after turning 40. And if you were to think about this, you know, think about your own self-care journey. What changes have you made in 2023 to elevate a routine this year? Um, If you're thinking about skincare, you know, are there any products you've discovered that you're grateful for? Is there anything that you love about your routine that brings you joy and makes you feel rejuvenated in 2023? Was there anything that you tried in terms of routine that really worked for you but didn't stick? And is that something you want to bring into 2024? Thinking about your favorite skincare products, 
Are there things that you share with others? You know, if you want to share with me, I'd love to hear from you over on Instagram. You can connect with me at medium.lady. Let me know, like, what is your favorite skincare product? Um, What is your favorite self-care ritual that you're bringing into 2024? We often think about what can we change at the beginning of a new year? Instead, I want you to think about what are you going to bring with you? What are you going to keep from 2023? And one of the things I'm definitely going to keep from 2023 is my skincare rituals and just like continuing to iterate and learn and pay attention to what's working, what's making my skin happy, what's making me feel my best. And that's the first thing, the first thing I'm going to bring with me from 2023 into 2024. And maybe that's the highlight of this episode is what are the things you were grateful for in 2023 that you can bring with you into 2024 to continue to gain the momentum of of those good things in your life? All right. Uh, The second thing I don't think will be too much of a shocker to anybody, but we have to dive into the world of books. The thing that has been I'm just like, I have to bring with me. If I'm going to take a trip from 2023 into 2024, I have to bring my reading tracker with me. And I have to bring just like the world of books that my life has become. My reading tracker has been a game changer. I will spill more of those details in episode 13. I think it'll be of Medium Lady Reads, which will come up in a couple of weeks. The joys of reading are countless to me. And my reading life since starting the podcast, actually, the podcast has been a huge vehicle for me to enjoy my reading life more because the podcast has given me an opportunity to pay attention to my reading life. And the podcast has given me an opportunity to use my reading life to share content. But that's been really positive. It has not been negative for me. The reading tracker itself, especially at the end of a year, The reason I want to bring that with me into 2024 is that it has given me a lot of information about my reading life, and it has pointed me in really helpful directions on where can I make small changes to my reading life to continue to enjoy everything about my reading life that went well in 2023. I'll talk more about that in episode 13 of Medium Lady Reads, but in the meantime, I want to really uh, highlight, I think, the importance that it has been for me to track my reading, to pay attention to my reading. And this is probably a little bit more in depth than just, you know, using a Goodreads account or having a list of books that I've read or a shelf where I put all my read books, although I wouldn't do that. I'm a huge library user. This idea that I can just indulge as much as I want to into one specific hobby, that permission has been life changing for me. I think the thing that people forget about reading is that it takes time. In order to read more, you have to be willing to spend your time on reading. And for some people, I think it's really hard to take the permission that you need to say, this is how I'm going to spend my time. This is how I want to spend my time. And I'm going to use that time instead of doing other things, especially when the only person that benefits when you read is you. And that might actually be at the crux of why for me, reading and the podcast are so intertwined is that I do feel like the more I can read, the more I can be of use to the audience. But it's a primarily selfish act, I guess, if we want to use the word selfish, and it's okay to be selfish, and we can probably embrace that um, in 2024. 
So the thing that I want to bring with me from 2023 into 2024 is my reading tracker and my reading habits. The idea that I can keep going with those reading habits through the year without changing very much. In fact, everybody sets a reading goal, not everybody, a lot of people set a reading goal for the year, especially at the beginning of the year. And I just set my goal sort of at an arbitrary number between like 50 and 100. And I don't really pay a lot of attention to it through the rest of the year. But generally, knowing that there is a goal is something that kind of keeps me moving forward in my reading life. Tracking helps me to understand book after book after book, the body of experience that I'm having as a reader, which is something that's important to me. I really care about input. I really care about remembering the books that I've read. I really care about thinking, why did this book work for me? Why didn't it? I really care about the experience of my identity fitting with a book or not fitting with a book. And reading has been a really great opportunity to get to know myself better, especially when I'm tracking, because tracking gives me that metadata time over time over time. You know, I can essentially become my own algorithm. I can essentially become more refined as an instrument to pick the next right book and to make sure that my reading life continues to be as rich and as enjoyable as it has been. I would encourage you for 2024 to think about if you're a reader, do you use a reading tracker? And if not, how might incorporating one maybe enhance your reading experience? You can also think about like what is on your your must read list for the upcoming year? And are there any genres that you're eager to explore? What are those books that keep coming up for you? And if it's not about reading, maybe it's about something else. Maybe it's about actually thinking about what was really memorable about your hobbies this year. What really had an impact on you when it comes to spending time on something that really only benefits you? How can you bring that more of that into 2024? For me, tracking, I think, really helps me to pay attention to the investment of my time and how that's returning on me. So for example, I read, I think, 118 books this year. I was not pushing myself in any way to make a specific number, but the more I read, the more I read. That's really hard to kind of quantify, but I think it's true of any hobby. The more you crochet, the more you crochet. The more you bake, the more you bake. These are things they just sort of start to compound over time. It's both as you gain proficiency and gain efficiency in your habits and hobbies, but it's also about the willingness and the barriers becoming less and less the more you do something. So that's something that I definitely want to bring into 2024, and I've already kind of dabbled with a new tracker for the new year. Um, I had thought about making my own tracker, and I have shared on the podcast before that I have used the Currently Reading tracker, which is a part of membership of their Patreon And I don't know, I pulled up their 2024 tracker and Katie Cobb has made so many amazing improvements to that tracker. I just don't know that my own tracker would have much to add. So I'm thinking actually I probably won't need to make my own tracker. I'll just continue to use the currently reading one. It's more than worth the price of Patreon, not not to mention all of the other wonderful content that they have over there on their um, podcast. And I gained so much love and enjoyment of the 2023 tracker. I'm not going to overcomplicate it. I'm going to just continue with that currently reading tracker. I might dabble more with Goodreads. I might dabble more with Storygraph, but my heart and soul is connected to this Google sheet from the currently reading podcast. 
All right. The third thing that I'm grateful for that I'm bringing with me into 2024 is how aware I have become of my own perfectionism and embracing perfectionism as a small p perfectionist and letting some of those quirks go rather than seeing perfectionism as something that I actually have to fight within myself. I am learning slowly how to embrace the perfectionist in me and to give her small things that she needs to feel satisfied without letting her drive the car. I know a lot of us face perfectionism, and I've shared a lot about it on this season of the podcast. There are some things I have been much better at letting go of, but there are ways to feed your perfectionist in small, manageable ways. I have found that the text editing feature on my messages, whether it's Messenger or Instagram or WhatsApp or text, if I can edit a spelling mistake, it just gives the small perfectionist in me a bit of satisfaction. I also have really been enjoying the opportunity to use large language models like ChatGPT to kickstart something. So when I'm not sure how to start Uh, something new for medium lady or something new in my personal life or at work. It really helps to use a large language model to just get some thoughts on the page and to let the large language model like ChatGPT organize those and then go from there. It really helps my perfectionist calm down because it feels like I can sort of hand the reins over to this algorithm and let the algorithm do a bit of organizing for me rather than worrying if I got it set up properly or what I might be missing. The use of technology in those ways really allows me to calm and feed a little bit of the small perfectionist in my life. If it's about using these tools to say something in a way that resonates more easily, if it's about making a phrase more readable, if it's about getting things just a little bit closer to how I want them to be, but without sort of being rigid and in control and having really fixed boundaries on what's good and what's not good. I don't think I ever would have really said, you know, that feeding the small perfectionist is something I want to bring into 2024. But the big P perfectionist can really overtake sometimes. And I sort of feel like feeding the small perfectionist allows me to sort of keep it in check, to keep it where it is. You know, it's sort of like a toddler that you keep pliant with snacks. And if you run out of snacks, then the toddler will overrun your day. But if you can keep the toddler fed with snacks, then you and the toddler can coexist. That's sort of how I'm seeing this idea of my perfectionism. Instead of fighting my perfectionist, I just want to give it a little bit of what it needs in order to embrace that sort of quirk about myself so that I can function without it running the ship. I would love to know if you found any sort of unconventional ways to embrace your perfectionism, if you have any strategies for kind of finding the sweet spot between striving for excellence while also enjoying life's imperfections. I'm sure there are a lot of other ways that I do this. And in 2024, I'm going to actually pay attention to that. As I'm in this journey to rewrite my perfectionism, there's probably some small victories. Balancing that drive for achievement, that drive for excellence with self-compassion is really, really important. I know a lot of people pick like word of the year. I picked a few words of the year. Sometimes people pick the word balance. If I were to pick the word balance this year, that would be the balance that I would be looking for. I would be looking for the balance between the pursuit of excellence 
with the balance of self-compassion and self-acceptance. So that's the third thing that I'm going to bring into 2024. And it's the third thing that I'm grateful for. All right, the fourth thing that I'm grateful for is going to come with me through 2024, whether I like it or not. The fourth thing I'm grateful for is our new puppy, Hulk. And life with a new puppy this year, Hulk came into our lives February 25th of 2023. We've talked a little bit about that on the podcast. There's an episode with Nick that I talk about decision making. We talk about how we came to make the decision to adopt a new dog in 2023 As Hulk kind of shed some of his puppyhood for teenagehood, there were a lot of challenges that came with bringing this new dog into our life. Life with a dog, and especially a puppy, has a lot of hurdles, especially when you're comparing that life with a puppy to life with a more mature dog or your memories of life with a more mature dog. Our dog Jackson passed away in 2020, and he was an amazing dog. Like He ticked all the boxes in terms of life with a pup. Life with Hulk is just different, you know, and just the same way you might try not to compare your kids, but you still end up comparing your kids. We've definitely compared our experience with Jackson to puppy life with Hulk. I think the thing that I love about this is that between Nick and I and the kids, we've proven that we can do hard things. We've proven that we can be resilient and overcome and adapt and manage and make decisions, and then revisit those decisions and make different decisions. So life with Hulk is just brighter. It's just more true to our family vibe to have a dog than to not have a dog. And it has required a lot of adaptations to what Hulk needs, to our routines at home, especially life when we're doing the baseball thing and it gets very, very busy In a lot of ways, Hulk is like another child. He is another member of the family that needs care and attention. And at first, that felt really exciting because he was super cute and tiny and puppy-like. And then he got bigger and stronger and louder. And sometimes it was sort of like, oh, why did we do this? Why did we make this decision? But ultimately, every day I'm happy to see Hulk and every day he's happy to see me. And it brought a lot of healing into our lives, which I didn't expect, you know, just like even the physical touch of the dog alone. And Hulk is very cuddly, which Jackson was never very cuddly. Just being able to throw myself into that after the loss of my grandma, after reconciling with my dad's dementia diagnosis, having this unconditional love from this soft, sweet creature has just brought a lot of peace, even though there are days when he destroys things, even though there are days when we worry about him, even though there are days when he's pulling on the leash or I tripped over him the other day, I fell. I He moved and I tripped right over him and I smashed my knee on the ground and I was so mad. But even for all of those things, there is so much joy and companionship that Hulk has brought into our life. It's definitely that thing where you're like, you feel complete. We feel complete with the dog. The kids love him. He's perfect with Beckett. And, you know, it was sort of like we had three kids, the two older and the one younger. And now we have the two older, the one younger, plus the dog gives this sort of like, I don't know, it feels kind of balanced and harmonious. I don't know if it's just an even numbers or an odd numbers. Anyway, I have learned a lot from Hulk and what I've learned from him in 2023 is that we can figure it out, but we have to keep putting effort and energy into the things that matter. So 
There's a few things about Hulk that need a little more training. He's definitely not that well behaved on the leash. He definitely can tend to be destructive if we don't have him in check. And so for 2024, it's just a matter of getting on top of the things that you know will work. And I don't know why, but sometimes it's really easy to procrastinate those things that you know will work. Like, we do have to do a bit of walk training with Hulk. We do probably need to hire a trainer. And we know that that's what will work, but we haven't done it yet. And so that's the thing that I want to bring with me into 2024 is like, when you know there's something that will fix a problem, try to get to it as soon as possible. Don't delay the things that will bring ease into your life. Don't delay the things that will reduce friction. There are things that we know will help, and we don't do them. We put them off. The physiotherapy appointment, the doctor's appointment, the dentist appointment, the dog trainer, getting your car checked out. These are all things that we know will reduce friction in our lives, and yet they're very, very easy to put off. So maybe that's the lesson that I want to bring into 2024, and that's the thing that I'm grateful for Hulk, is he's reminded me that the things that will reduce friction should be done as soon as possible, because... There's no sense in choosing a life of annoyances or challenges or resistance when there's a solution within reach. Life comes with enough challenges and resistance and friction that we're totally out of our control. If it's in your control, then reach for the change and do it sooner rather than later. I'm so curious for other pet owners what lessons you've learned from your furry friends. Have they taught you lessons? Have they taught you things that you're going to bring into 2024? And maybe in 2024, you're considering getting a pet. What kind of pet do you think you'll get? What kind of ideal companion would uh, really make your year in 2024? And share with others your thoughts on the joys and challenges that you anticipate. Connecting with other pet owners is also really, really important. And that's maybe something else I'd love to do in 2024. All right, the fifth final thing that I'm grateful for in 2023 is friendship at 40. Oh my gosh, I knew in 2023 that I was going to spend more time on my friendships, and I did, but I am almost speechless to describe the benefits of that because it is just something that makes me feel so much more human is to have deep, reliable, trustworthy friendships, and to continue to invest in new friendships. Friendship as a woman is so important. Uh, Let's all just like take a moment now. Let's just reflect on your connections, connections that you built in 2023, or the connections that you desire for 2024. How can I lean into and strengthen the friendships that I built up in 2023? And part of me wants to list them out, but I really think that that's actually not the point. The point is that I had said before, I think like the way to read more is to read more. And that's the same with your friendships. The way to feel those friendships is to really just lean into them however you can access them. And that has required, again, the same thing is me making bids for connection saying, hey, I'd love to grab a coffee with you. Or hey, do you have time for this? Or hey, it's been a while since we've seen each other. I'd really like to get together. And it's not just the friendships that happen via chat. I have a couple of friend groups, I'm sure you do too, where you're dipping in and out of the chat throughout your day or throughout your week. But it's also about that in-person time together, the ability to respond in synchronicity with somebody in real time is so magical and so special. 
when I made my 40 for 40 list, I realized that a lot of the things there were about being with other people and being with friends. And this year, you know, I had the opportunity to go on a trip with my sisters-in-law, which was amazing. I went on a trip with the Buddy Reads group chat. I've spent time at restaurants with friends. I've had long, long chats with people. You know, sometimes it's just like, you know, the chat after the chat, you meet for dinner and then you go and you like sit in someone's car to just like extend the conversation. And then that ends up being like this incredible heart to heart. And before you know it, you've been parked longer than you were at the restaurant. And you're like, why didn't we just stay in the restaurant? But there's just this like level of intimacy of one-on-one conversations or group conversations where you're just laughing or you're connecting or you're really listening. I think the thing as I talk through this that I'm thinking about is the ability to really focus in on somebody, the ability to really like minimize distractions. And that can be hard to do, actually. Even at a restaurant, there's a lot of distractions. There's a lot of interruptions. There's not a lot of privacy. Coffee shop, same thing. You know, sometimes it's those moments where you really can key into somebody in a really quiet, intimate moment. And having that with friends is just so wonderful, especially, you know, without your kids interrupting you or your phone going off. These things can be really, really special, really soul-filling, and I just want more of those moments in 2024. So think about this year, you know, where did your friendships play a crucial role in 2023? And how can you let your friends support and enrich your life even more in 2024? What does that look like? I mean, I've talked a lot about like coffee and dinner, but maybe that actually doesn't look like that. Maybe it looks like something else. Maybe it looks like Zoom calls. Some of the people I've been able to build deep friendships with were actually some of my podcast guests sitting on mic with somebody and chatting and then ending the episode and realizing, oh, 20 more minutes went by because I just really enjoy spending time with this person. And that can be a really lovely way to virtually connect with some people. You know, I've built up some amazing friendships with people who live on the other side of the continent. And I just want more of that in 2024. So, you know, we've talked about building authentic connections, reflecting on the ways you were able to achieve authentic connection in 2024, and what are the strategies that might help you make new friends or strengthen existing bonds. Maybe there's somebody that you're always DMing on Instagram, or you're always like loving their posts. How could you deepen that friendship? How can you create more authentic connection that allows you to bring the support and authenticity of that person into your life? I'm so, so grateful for my friendships this year. I just actually think that 2023 was an amazing year. I have no regrets about the year. And I think the challenges that I went through were buffered significantly by my friends. I can think of some really hard things that happened, but I would not say that 2023 is a year that I'm glad to see go. It was a great year. And in part, that's because the hard things were mediated by my ability to get support and love from my friends. So those are the things that I'm grateful for, the things that I'm going to bring with me from 2023 into 2024. I would love to hear from you about what you want to bring from last year into this year. Consider these prompts as conversation starters. We can chat more on Instagram at medium.lady. You'll find the tile for this post when the episode goes live. 
And your insights and experiences are really valuable. Whatever you experienced last year is important. And those experiences can come with you as information to guide you in a new year. By sharing what you've been through, you contribute to this sort of network of shared wisdom and shared support. So as we wrap up the season, I just want to share with you my incredible gratitude for you. Thank you so much for being an integral part of this journey for me. I cannot express, well, I could try, I guess, just how meaningful it is to wrap up season three with this satisfaction and contentment. And that's all because of you. It's because of you. It's because of our guests. It's because of our community. It's because of where I have been able to express myself and use my voice to authentically build a place in the world that's made for me and to hopefully bring you along with me to build that place for yourself. I really, truly love you so much when I say that. I hope you can feel it from me. Season four is going to be great. It's going to be really exciting. We've already got a couple of things in the works. And in the meantime, through January, I hope you will take good care of yourself. There's going to be some fun content again on Instagram. So it's not it's not goodbye from me. If you if you want more of me in your feed, you can find me on Instagram at medium.lady. We'll be doing 21 days of winter whimsy over there. And season four will kick off in February. So that's not too long from now. I am so grateful for you. You are doing such a good job. I will talk to you again soon. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to Medium Lady Talks, created and produced by me, Erin Vandeman. If you want more of the general vibe, gratitude, and encouragement from this episode, please come and find me on Instagram at medium.lady. And since you've made it to the end, I'd love to get to know you even better. Screenshot this episode so you can share it on Instagram and be sure to tag me so that we can chat. Thanks for listening. Remember, you're doing such a good job. Your place in this world can only be filled by you. I'll see you in the next episode. Bye.